Welcome to Bollywood is for Lovers, part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. I'm Erin Fraser. And I'm Matt Bose. In our sixth annual Hindi Horror Halloween, we're joined by writer and bookseller Matthew Stepanek to discuss two spooky films about vengeful, supernatural women attacking men in small villages. First up, Rajkumar Rao and his buddies must dodge a scornful spirit who may or may not be just visiting Sharada Kapoor in Amar Koshik's horror comedy Street from 2018. Then in late 19th century Bengal, Tripti Dimri stars as a child bride who gets more than she bargains for when she marries into a rich noble family in Anvitat Dutt's gothic fable Bobo from 2020. Before we begin, we would like to respectively acknowledge that we record this podcast on Treaty 6 territory, traditional lands of First Nation and Métis people. Matthew, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be one of the lovers today. Oh, good. Good. Yeah. Well, we're, we, we're having you on partly because about a year and a half ago, you told me that you want to be on everyone's podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it seems Quite offended, we had never invited you onto ours, so we then did, mm-hmm. uh, and then you were too busy to come do on. Yeah. You were unable to. So this is interesting that you now have me on your podcast, and the first thing you do after greeting me is try to shame me in front of your listeners. Um, yeah, no, I'm not unfortunately, it's okay, oh, yeah. Aaron. Um, I, I opened a bookshop last year for everyone. Uh, who doesn't know who I am? That's that's why I suddenly was not available to do any that kind of. That take a lot of work running a bookshop. It looks you look pretty, you know, not stressed out all the time. Um, I I used to not be stressed out. <laughs> a bookshop in a pandemic is like is like four times as much work as like a bookshop in not a pandemic. You guys are able to pivot into home delivery. That seemed to work pretty good. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Like, and that's, I think, why we're so busy. Um, But I just didn't expect, like, when we were just a pop-up, you know, it was like a part-time job. I still, like, Friday nights, I'm always dead, and I could, like, relax and maybe text and sit around. But I feel like when I'm at the bookshop, I'm, like, you know, 10 to 5 every day, I'm working. And I'm Mm -hmm. also taking work home with me. So, um, yeah, like, I'm just, there's less time for freelance for chatting with friends on podcasts it's it's a sadder time it's just all books and orders and making money yeah i mean that's better than not making money (laughs) exactly yeah everyone's been really supportive of the bookshop um they love the free delivery um that comes in you know um bob used to my, my dog who's a corgi used to drive around with me and we would deliver books and so sometimes people would get to meet him so an exciting, exciting time for everybody. And I want to be very clear for our listeners. Uh, Man, I totally understood why last year was not a good time to have you on. <laughs> uh, but we're really glad that you're that you're able to make time uh, for this Hindi horror Halloween May, episode. This is possibly the best lineup of movies we've ever had for Hindi horror Halloween. Matthew's getting off really easy. Yeah, both they're of these typically movies, bad. Both these movies these are, are passable. relatively mm-hmm. short, yeah. and this is probably the best quality of film that we've ever watched for one of these episodes. Yeah, usually these movies are much worse. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but going back to, to you, Matthew, uh, we should probably say your bookshop is called Glass Bookshop. Yeah. Uh, we'll leave a link in our show notes, obviously. And people across Canada can order books from you, right? 
Yes, yeah, and we also we ship to the states too, which costs a little bit more. But we've yeah, we've been mailing all over. Man, if you're driving down there, that's I I, I can see why you're so busy. <laughs> there was one time I accidentally put a package for a customer that lived in like Oklahoma in one of like our delivery drivers bins and he was like where's this person i don't have them on my list and i was like oh didn't you buy a ticket to oklahoma you need to fly down there right now and and deliver it but uh yeah and so, then no, quarantine we, we for all... two weeks when you get back yeah people just like that personal experience they want someone to hand them the book so we put yeah. in that extra effort drive for 18 hours to get down there yeah yeah and and you guys will order anything in uh so for example i think what would be of interest to our listeners is you were able to get chopra's new book it's coming out soon that better that, start ordering it that one is coming out so you know we will get our order in eventually it's so much better to be able to order from a small independent bookstore than amazon so matthew can you tell us a bit more about yourself other than glass bookshop uh yeah i think there's other things that are interesting about my life um, I'm also a freelance writer in the city. I've had a lot of experience in magazine publishing for like the last like eight years. Uh, used to be an editor um, at China Young Publishing, which did Where Edmonton, little tourism mag for things to do, eat, and see in the city. Um, I've also run a literary magazine called Glass Buffalo for the last eight years. It's um, for emerging writers at the U of A, fiction, nonfiction, and poetry. It's been on a bit of a hiatus this year as, you know, the, the bookshop has kind of taken over everything. Um, lots of other stuff is happening. It's fine. Yeah, I know, right? Everything else that's in my life. Um, yeah. And yeah, like I've, you know, published a lot of my own writing in different like literary magazines. I'm a poet. I have a chat book uh, called uh, Relying on That Body. I had like written a poem uh, every week for the queen that was eliminated from RuPaul's Drag Race in season 10. Uh, so that was one of my cooler poetry projects that I did, um, also available through Glass Buffalo. So when you initially expressed interest in coming on the show, we were trying to figure out what to invite you on to talk about. Movies about bookstores. Yeah, yeah, yeah that would have been Ooh. a good idea. There, I, I can't think of any Bollywood movies about bookstores. There's got to be something. We can look it up after. Okay. Well, sure there is. adaptation? Uh, not that I'm aware of, but I do love I would love to see that. a Bollywood adaptation of the TV show Black Books. Do you remember that show? Oh, I love that show. Yeah. That seems very, like, aspirational for a bookstore owner. Yeah. That's probably why you made a bookstore, huh? Yeah. that's And that's more Jason's, like, kind of role at a bookstore is, like, people would come in and he'd be like, buy this book. Okay, buy. And whereas I like to, you know. You're the Manny? You're the nice one? Yeah. Yeah, it makes yeah sense. I'm the nice one. Yeah. It totally makes sense. Time. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. I get your your vibe. So we weren't sure what to have you on to discuss. We knew we wanted to have you on because if you're interested, we want to have you on. Yeah. Uh, but I, I wasn't quite sure what to invite you to talk about. And we'd already done a Pride episode years ago without anyone on who is queer. Yeah, we didn't just, have any gay people on. That was, just in, re in retrospect, a misfire. But we weren't really doing guests at that time. No, no. That was maybe ill-advised. But also, we don't want to... People liked that episode. They, 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 thought, they thought we did a good job on it. Yeah, and we also don't want to invite our queer friends on just to be our token queer. But yeah. That's not really... Yeah. That's not really in the spirit of things. Uh, so... A little over a year ago, you had a show at the Fringe, and that's when we found out that you're actually very interested in horror. It was a spooky show. 
Yeah. I'm all about spooking people out. Spooking yeah. people out? Spooking people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So tell people. us about your interest in horror, because you, you wrote about it in school, right? Yeah. So, um, I mean, I've been obsessed with horror ever since I was a little kid. And um, we'd go to Blockbuster and my sister and I would sneak horror movies into the like films that our parents would rent. Like they never looked at anything. They never looked at the ratings. And I saw way too many creepy R-rated horror films that kind of have continued to disturb me. And also, I think, made me the person that I am today. I just. Like what? Well, what's, what's one that messed with you? Well, I always think of like, I feel like this makes me sound like a baby because like now I'm not afraid of it, but like The Exorcist, I had a really hard time with when I was like seven. And like, there was just this, it's a good movie. And there's just the moment when she's in like the MRI and she suddenly sees the flash of the devil's face. Yeah, Yeah. that's still scary. Yeah, but I mean, now I, that kind of stuff doesn't, like nothing scares me anymore. Nothing? Nothing like things of like me waking up in the middle of night being like, oh, is there a carbon monoxide leak going on in my house? That's what scares me. Panic attacks scare me, but like horror movies, like we just finished The the Haunting of Blind Manor, which is like the second season. It's so good. And it's like much more queer. So I Mm -hmm. also like that element of it. But like, you know, there's certain moments in that that really chill me, but I don't like, I don't like, I can't, I'm not the type of person who can't sleep at night because I watched a horror film. Mm -hmm. It's just all, yeah, I just, I love it. So um, yeah, like I've written a lot of, horror like most of my fiction involves ghosts and I, I appreciate you mentioning my fringe play because I forgot that I did that um, but uh it was very good that was another thing that you were also like you had just come off of kind of working on that when we asked yeah. you to be on the show so it was another reason why you were like I don't have time right now yeah, that was the in-between thing because that would have been in August and then yeah. September was setting up the shop but um yeah so like that was called the 3M subtext and I find horror is like a really interesting uh crossover for uh you know exploring queer themes um which is something that'll definitely come up in these two movies mm-hmm. um conversations of gender and stuff but uh uh yeah so like my friend show was about two gay men who like wake up in the middle of the night after a hookup and they start sharing ghost stories with each other so matthew this leads me to one of the questions that I was planning on asking you, and Matt and I frequently have this argument. I don't think you can judge a horror film on how much it scares you personally, because I think everyone gets scared by different things. And I I don't scare easily when it comes to movies, just because I watch so many movies and so I've become a bit jaded these days so I will say you're not at all a baby for being disturbed by The Exorcist no The Exorcist is good like it 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 holds up yeah because the movie that disturbed me most as a child is The Witches which is a children's film mine was Uh, (laughs) so I'm just curious do you think that horror uh, that the quality of horror should be judged on how much someone finds it personally scary. Because Matt, Matt, you think you that you should. I honestly don't think like I I don't think that Hindi filmmakers ever really, and this might be because of censorship laws. But I'm talking about all movies, not just Hindi films. Yeah, but Hindi films especially. Like I don't think they're ever really trying to go for it. Like you could make a Paranormal Activity or something 
in Hindi cinema pretty simply, but they always kind of screw it up by trying to adhere to Bollywood formulas like uh, song sequences and uh, learning a character's whole life history before you meet them. <laughs> and that's that kind of thing. And like, I think it just gets rid of the tension that you need. Uh, I will say there's one called Phobia, which might just hit too differently right now mm. because it's an agoraphobic woman who's stuck in her house with a poltergeist. And Ooh. that just like works too well. But for most of the time, like I think the formula of Hindi films is almost not conducive to doing a good job of horror. But in general, you think that in order for a horror movie to be good, it has to scare you. I think it has to try. Okay. So Matthew And I don't think they try a lot of the time. Do you think horror movies have to necessarily you have to necessarily find them personally scary for them to be good? Or have like you have to see that they're trying to scare you. Okay. That's, it's such a tough one because I, I watch a lot of horror and I love like bad horror movies that are just so campy and like, there's nothing scary about like a campy horror film just because, you know, um, the formula of it is so obvious that, you know, everything that's going to happen, um, especially if you watch enough of them and like, God, I don't like, and like, I think too, like, I don't get scared that much anymore um so it's hard to say like you know I enjoyed this movie because it scared me a lot like I think I the most important element for me when I watch a horror movie is like the social commentary Mm -hmm. because that's where the fear is coming from um and so I think when a movie hits all the right notes and I want to always be I guess surprised like I want the images to like disturb me a little bit so like maybe that's what a good horror film is to me is just like this um surprised me in a different way or they went in a different direction like you know some of my most recent favorite like horror films are like it follows um oh my god i can't hereditary um you know like i liked midsommar like all those types of ones and like none of them like really like scare me but like they disturb me Mm -hmm. i didn't like any of those all three of them i thought were didn't like hereditary I i I thought it was way overpraised. I thought they were all like too way built up to me. And then when I saw it, it's just like, I don't find naked old people scary. And okay, that's fair. Because like when I like, I'm like, okay, new horror movie, I'm definitely going to see it no matter what. So I try not to like listen to like what the reviews are, like, because I don't want spoilers and I want to go in completely surprised. So most of the time when I experience a horror film, oh, and like, oh, The Witch, like that one is another one, like where it's just, yeah. Ooh, like the commentary on religion and like how puritanism like just pulls apart the family like it's just yeah so I wouldn't say that the it has to scare me to be good but it has to like surprise me like it has to be doing something different to the genre what do you and think of well I guess you just said the three that are grouped in here but the idea of elevated horror is is that important that we have art house horror movies put out by a24 or can something put up by Bloomhouse be as artistically successful? That's a good question. I think I think there's the potential because like it doesn't necessarily ha- like I enjoy all forms of horror movies. So like even one that has like a small budget, um, like there's this one called like The Convent, which is mm. probably like one of my favorite horror movies ever because it's so like just wild. Like where it's like a um, a woman was like. Um, was pregnant and got stuck at a nunnery that and all the nuns were like actually like 
Satanists and they wanted to like sacrifice her baby. And like later she's like this badass woman who, you know, burns down the church and like shoots every I don't like I'm not describing it in the best way, but it's just like these kids try to like go to this old convent that's haunted and they, you know, raise these demons and like it just it makes fun of itself so much mm-hmm. and there's nothing scary about it. And it's just, you know, it's not artful, but I think it's still like a really good horror movie because it's very self-aware. So maybe mm-hmm. that's what like um, kind of makes a good horror movie is that it's aware of what the limitations are on itself. So like, you know, these monsters like glow in the dark and like they have fun with it because then they also bring in like LSD and other cool things. But um, I feel like you asked more of like a, a more interesting and articulate question that like, I just, I think, um, cause I'm like, is it just, is it just critics are just uh, either unfamiliar with the genre? Like there's, there's people like you who watch lots and lots of horror movies and like your regular film critics probably don't encounter them as often because it seems like you have to seek them out a lot more to find mm-hmm. something you like. Whereas when Midsommar um, and Hereditary and It Follows come out and they're these huge critical darlings, I felt like it was people who typically don't interact with the genre at all saying like, oh, hey, here's one I like. This must be good because I like it. Well, I think I think part of what it is is I think cinephiles some cinephiles tend to completely dismiss horror. And I, I, I know people like that. They just, they don't take the genre seriously. And so I do kind of think this term elevated horror is, it, it's a marketing term more than anything else to try and say to people, look, take, take these movies seriously. Yeah, I'm not, though. Yeah, like, I'm not always a big fan of it because yeah. I like all kinds of horror movies. But if it's going to encourage people to to watch more of these movies, then I don't really have an issue with it. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's a that's a good answer because it's um it's the uh, the idea that yeah, like some genres are lesser. But I mean, to do a horror movie right and hit all the right beats, like you you have to be smart about it. Like it has it's to be hard. It's very hard to do. Yeah, yeah. So like it's like any any genre film still has those things that, you know, like other directors or something wouldn't, you know, if they tried to like move into the horror genre, they wouldn't make a successful horror film, even if they, you know, had won an Oscar or something like, you know, it's not just yeah. something anyone can do. Um, well, you could look at Lu- Luca Guadagnino's uh, Suspiria. Like, <laughs> Which Paul calls what, beige Suspiria. Yeah, I went I went to go see it with Paul Mamachuk, and I liked it well enough. I, I don't think it's as good as the original Suspiria, but that's a case where you get someone who gets, you know, very high on his own supply for doing Call Me By Your Name and all these sort of arty films and saying, I'm going to remake one of the best Italian giallo movies of the 70s, and I'm going to do it my way, and it's three hours long. Like, that's where I kind of think, like, oh, he just doesn't get what made that movie good. Or he's just trying to make the genre work for him rather than subsuming himself to the genre. Yeah, that that was such... Well, Suspiria, like, the, 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 the remake really still disturbed me just because, like, I'm not that into body horror. Mm-hmm. So I don't watch a lot of films like that. And so it kind of just, like, I felt gross after um but yeah I just didn't it, yeah I think that one was trying too hard especially with like Tilda Swinton also as the professor or whoever for, at the end for like some was, reason yeah she's playing yeah. Three, 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 three. 
Yeah, and yeah, yeah. she's the head witch or something too. Yeah, she's weird. like two women. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. But yeah. Like, how much of that movie needs to be about the Bader, uh, the Bader Meinhof gang? Like, we, yeah. we don't need to know about East, uh, West German politics in the seventies to know that a school run by riches would be scary. Yeah, yeah. I. I tend not to be dismissive of remakes because I just kind of, I don't like that instinct that people just, just because something's a remake, people always kind of want to dismiss it and put it down. Like I'm looking forward to this new version of the craft. It might not be good, but we'll see. We'll see. The trailer's not that promising, but like, I'm still going to watch it. (laughs) And, and I'm not going to decry that like they're, I don't know, like, tampering with something that's sacred why not make a new version of craft we'll see how it is but yeah the original suspiria is clearly very it's superior i didn't mind the new one but it was it was definitely trying to put a square peg in a round hole yeah yeah i enjoyed it uh so matthew you have seen at least one bollywood film before can you tell us about your experience with bollywood yeah so um the other the only other bollywood film i've seen is also um, a you know horror movie, although I don't know who is actually that scary. Which now, now I'm just like completely backtracking what go. I said yes. earlier. Yes, you're on my crazy. side. It wasn't scary. Yeah, but I just I don't know. I'm like I have I have a lot of thoughts about the two movies that we're going to talk about later. So like I won't bring it in too much. But we watched um, Horror Story, um, which according to the Wikipedia page, um, I'm just like trying to give a little bit more. Directed by. Ayush Reina? Is that how you would say that? Yeah, we're looking it up here. Okay, so this came out in 2013, based on 1408, apparently. Stars Ravish Desai and Hassan Zaidi, and features the Bollywood uh, movie debut of noted television actor Karan Kundra. So no one famous. Okay, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're looking at it. Okay, go on. To me, this one, so like my roommate and I were just curious and, you know, trying to find like a horror film. I think this would have been like probably October of last year, just trying to find something to watch. And like we just saw like, oh, it was based on 1408, which I quite like mm-hmm. as as a horror film and also as like a short story. Um, and like this, I don't like the only thing that it was truly based off of was that the fact that like, it took place in a ho- uh, like a haunted hotel, and well, the movie was... the name hotel was already taken by the movie hotel, so they couldn't call yeah, it that. They couldn't they couldn't call it hotel. Yeah, and but like so they called it horror story, which I'm surprised no one has tried to trademark yet. Like it just feature 3D. We're looking at, we're looking them up. Oh yeah. buddy, oh no. I will say that in a second, uh-huh. Matthew. Please continue. Yeah. So I uh, yeah, it was it was a slow film. Um, definitely like you know the first half hour like I'm surprised I looked at it and it was only 90 minutes according to Wikipedia but it felt like a three-hour movie (laughs) um where like you know they were just talking at the beginning in a bar and then they eventually decide to go to this hotel and like you know they do the stupid like I don't know like just hit all those weird elements of like let's split up let's not split up or they just you know like they just weren't smart about it and like I think also one of the most important things for me in a horror film and like this is kind of based too on like Stephen King's philosophy is that like to be afraid or to be in, like, I mean to be invested in any film but like to actually be afraid for the characters you have to care about them and like I felt like the characters were a little bit cardboard 
and um, I was just kind of counting down the minutes until they could all just die and then we could finish the movie. But um, yeah, so like it was just, I did not like it. I would not recommend it, but I knew that Aaron would come up with better Bollywood horror films for me to watch. <laughs> I'm surprised you stuck with it the whole way. We, I don't know, like when you're sitting there, like I think we were drinking, like, you know, like you, like I like, I, I kind of said this, like I like bad horror films. Mm-hmm. So, like, even if it's not making sense, like, we can, we're sitting there, like, making fun of it or, you know, like, it's just, like, there's something entertaining about a horror film, no matter the quality. So Well, well we're looking at uh, Vikram Bhatt's uh, filmography here. Yes. So, and uh, we've, we've seen a few movies by him, actually. So, Vikram Bhatt is um, one of the writers on horror stories. So, we haven't, we haven't seen this film, uh, though we are familiar with Stephen King though it sounds like this doesn't isn't really based on 1408. Although no. we can recommend a, a pretty decent horror film or a horror-ish film too that is based on a Stephen King. Um, no smoking. Yeah, yeah. So It's based on Quitter's Inc., the short story from one of the collections. Yes, and oh, okay. that one actually is very good. That if, one rules. If, if you want a Hindi language Stephen King adaptation, No Smoking is very good. Uh, it's not necessarily a horror film. It's very surreal. I think there's some horror elements. But it's very good. Yeah. Anyway, so we haven't seen this film, but uh, we have seen films by the same writer, Vikram Bhatt. Uh, he has shown up in our past Hindi horror Halloween episodes. He directed both Creature 3D, which is not a good movie. Extremely stupid. But <laughs> a really fun, bad yeah. movie. So it's, it's, it's enjoyable. And uh, 1920, which is essentially the Bollywood version of The Exorcist. That one's decent. It's decent, but it's also, like, it's clearly ripping off The Exorcist, and it's nowhere near as good as The Exorcist. Well, it's what if The Exorcist took place at, like, a haunted mansion instead of in a suburban household. So less scary because it's not going to happen to you. They're pulling from stigmata. But it looks like he also adapted uh, Cellular and... Double Jeopardy. Man, he's adapted a lot of things. Interesting. Yeah. So he's a yeah. Stephen King fan. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's been your only other experience with with Bollywood? I, I think so. Like, and if, if there was anything else I watched, it didn't stick with me. But I think I think that's the only Bollywood film I've seen. That's fair enough. Well, now you're up to three. What did you think of these two? Um, One of them I really liked. And okay. the other one... I have a lot of things to say about it. Oh, well, I have a lot of things to say about both of them, but I, yeah, I don't know. The The second one, I watched them, like, I watched one last week and one yesterday, and I don't know. I have, I have some, I have some uh, comments. And some well, we points. should, we should probably break for a song right now, mm-hmm. and then we can talk about the films. So we're going to listen to the song Kamaria from Street. Uh, so here it is. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by The Explorer Podcast, a new fiction anthology podcast brought to you by Jupiter Theater with Media Lab YYC. Each episode takes an imaginative dive into the past and future of your city, transporting you to fictional worlds that mirror our own through music and the power of the voice. 
The stories will immerse you in rich audio dramas while you explore the world through a new lens. Grab your headphones and set off on an urban adventure into the city through stories of speculative fiction, with episodes ranging from film noir and magical realism to urban fantasy and indigenous mythology. Listen to Explore on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And visit theaterjupiter.com slash explore to find out more. This episode of Bollywood is for Lovers is also brought to you by Park Power, a provider of electricity and natural gas in Alberta that offers low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. In Alberta, you get to choose who you buy your energy from. If you choose Park Power, your money stays here. Plus, Park Power shares its profits with local not-for-profits that are working to make a difference in their communities. Shopping local is very important to Park Power's owner, Chris Kazowski, and we love local here at the Alberta Podcast Network, so it's a great fit. Learn more about Park Power at parkpower.ca. So that was Kamaria from Stree. So Stree came out 2018, means woman, by the way. It's directed by Amar Koshik, who was the first AD on Go, Go, Agon. Uh, Another previous Hindi horror Halloween film. Yeah, uh, Matthew, that's a movie where... Uh, an Indian man with bleached blonde hair pretends to be Russian and gets into a stoner comedy versus zombies. You know, it was decent. And they're making a sequel, so I'm interested to see where it goes. You know what? I really didn't like it that much. It was the first Hindi Horror Halloween episode we'd ever done. And so one of our very first episodes, because it's very early, early on in the podcast. And at the time, I did not love Saif Ali Khan, the star, as much as I love him now. Yeah. And... I think you, as if far, you go back, I think you'd think differently about Yeah, it. as far as genres go, I'm not I'm not crazy about zombies. They're one of my least favorite horror genres. And I really don't get stoner stuff. So it was just like it's I was probably never like, yeah. going to like it. <laughs> but in hindsight, in hindsight, I think if I watched it now, I'd like it more. Yeah. So uh, Street was produced by Dinesh Vijan and Rajan DK, who also did Go Go Agon. Actually, they've done quite a few movies we like. So, yeah, 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 which is one of the reasons why I think if I went back to Go Go Agon, I might like it, because I've liked everything else Rajan DK have done. I think that they're able to kind of synthesize movies that work better in Hollywood and mm-hmm. are kind of making them Bollywood. So, yeah, they're great. So movie stars Rajkumar Rao, Pankaj Tripathi, Apar Shakti Karana, Abhishek Banerjee, who... I was looking at his filmography, and I'm pretty sure this is the only time I've seen him not play a psychopath in a movie, because he was <laughs> Compounder in Mirzapur, The Fakir in Typewriter, and Tiagi in Patolog. So all three of those were psychopaths, and one was like a evil genie psychopath. He's absolutely chilling in Patolog. Like, He's amazing. Yeah. Chilling. Uh, that's the guy who gets possessed. Yeah. So imagine him being a, like, a complete murderer psychopath. It's crazy. Uh, so but he loves dogs. He loves dogs. Uh, also features Vijay Raz and Shraddha Kapoor with item numbers from Norha Fatehi and Kriti Sand. The Kriti Sand and item number, I think, was only used in promotions because it's not in the movie. Yeah. And Nora Fatehi, as we should say, is a, a homegirl. She's, She's Canadian. Canadian yeah. from Quebec. Yeah. So the movie is based on a Karnataka urban legend called Nale Ba, which means come tomorrow. So villagers write Naleba on their walls to deter uh, malevolent spirits from entering their homes. The spirit is often thought of a bride in search of a husband, and she will take away the man of the household, a.k.a. the breadwinner. Yeah, so that's, like, obviously a big deal, because if the man of the household gets whisked away, 
he's the one making the money for the family. The whole like misfortune falls upon the whole family. Yeah. So this was a urban legend going viral in the 1990s. Yeah, the legend went viral in the 1990s, according to Ahead of time, before Wikipedia. Any, before anything else went viral. Uh, yeah, uh, and I guess supposedly, like, people were saying this was happening in South Asia. Yeah, I wonder if they were, like, just leaving a pile of clothes like they do in street. <laughs> um, uh, so Rajkumar Rao learned how to sew for this part, so that scene where he heroically <laughs> makes a dress in 31 minutes, he probably actually did that. <laughs> Uh, so this was a sleeper hit praised by critics. Uh, some people thought it was a little bit too long, and I agree. Which, okay, this movie is only 128 minutes, which is pretty short for a Bollywood movie. But long for a horror movie. Long for a horror movie, but short for a Not Bollywood that movie. Much longer, like 10 minutes longer than the average horror movie. Yeah, yeah. they could cut out 10 minutes. I'm just saying, I, I find it interesting that critics took issue with the runtime when I'm oh, like, this yeah. is so Com- much shorter. Co- compared to so many other movies, yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. many other movies. Yeah. Uh, so this was nominated for 10 Filmfare Awards, which is like their Oscars, Matthew. Uh, okay. Including Best Film, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Supporting Actor for Pankaj Tripathi, and uh, Aparshakti Karana, and it won Best Debut Director. And uh, they're doing a sequel right away with the main cast returning. Yeah. Can you imagine a movie like this getting 10 Oscars or getting nominated for 10 Oscars and winning Best Director? (laughs) Well, Best Debut Director. Best Debut Director? That's amazing. That's incredible. Um, Like, yeah. The story goes in this town that during a festival, this monster called the Stree shows up and it abducts men when they go out after dark. And what you have to do is uh, write on your wall outside your house something like uh, come again tomorrow oh, street. street come again tomorrow yeah because the street as we find out is very it, one it's dumb so it'll like look at that note every every day and think oh i should come back tomorrow and two it also follows rules <laughs> which is kind of a funny sort of uh setup for a uh, monster a monster after my own heart i yeah, understand you love that the rules. rules are meant to be followed yeah that's why they're called rules. You love the rules. I, I do um, rules. So Rajkumar Rao plays a guy named Vicky, who is the best tailor in basically three counties. It's like <laughs> everyone loves this guy. All the women line up at his uh, shop every every day, and he's whipping off great uh, dresses. Mm-hmm. He run. He's looking for love, as uh, guys in these movies often are, and he runs into Shraddha Kapoor, who uh, is in town for the festival, coincidentally, and uh, is kind of uh, secretive. He's the only one who sees her for a lot of the time, which leads his friends to suspect that maybe she's the street. Um, Pankaj Tripathi plays this uh, guy who runs a bookstore who is book my favorite? Store. Yeah, bookstore guy. Yeah, just just like Matthew. He he is also kind of like. Did you ever read those books, Encyclopedia Brown, Matthew? No, but I, I know okay. of them. Yeah, so they, it was these kids' book series about a guy who read the entire library, and he would solve mysteries with the power of having read everything <laughs> in the library. So Black Estripathy owns a bookstore and has read all of his books. So he says that he knows everything, and he's often telling the guys how to not get caught by the street, but keeps getting like cut off or his mic fails or he never gets to the last part of the, uh, the way to not get killed by the street. So um, men are maybe disguising themselves as women or staying inside in fear during this, um, this festival. 
And eventually, Rashkumar Rao and his buddies have to figure out how to stop the Stree once and for all. Mm-hmm. Partly because the Stree abducts one of his friends. Yeah, the the part the Abhishek Banerjee gets stolen by the Stree and then comes back and he's kind of <laughs> feral and they have to stop him by putting a blanket yeah. on his head, which is <laughs> funny. Uh, so yeah, I I like this movie a lot. Um, this is the second time I saw it, mm-hmm. and. For a horror comedy, I think it actually does a pretty good job of having a horrifying monster and one that like makes sense. Like it's it's a monster that is a very set sort of rule set that it abides by. And it provides interesting social commentary because the men are told they're not allowed to walk out at night because they'll get abducted by the street. Or they have to go out in groups. Or they have or to go out in groups. Does this remind you of something? Or if they're being yeah. called uh seductively they should just ignore yeah it just ignore any walking. just ignore any cat calls like yeah this this should maybe ring a little bit true to 50 percent of the human population <laughs> yes uh so what did you think matthew i agree with like everything you said i i love this film and i thought it was <laughs> like delightful and like the perfect balance between horror and comedy mm-hmm. um i watched it this is the one that i watched last week and um i had my roommate watch it with me too and she was also just like, this is so much better than that other Bollywood horror film we tried to watch. Uh, where she's like, oh, I might, you know, actually want to check out some other Bollywood things. But uh, Wait, so you yeah. made her watch Horror Story? Did you make her watch Bulbul as well? Uh, no, I, I, uh, she was gone last night, so she didn't okay. watch Bulbul with me. Um, but uh, yeah, she would have if she was here. Because like, normally, you know, we have one TV. So if yeah. we're going to watch a horror movie together, we watch it together. But like... Yeah, no, like it just, this had kind of everything I wanted to be like entertained by a movie, you know, like I just um, fell for the characters right away, the way that it played with like gender roles. And I just thought like, I loved the like three main guys because they were just such such, like soft masculine boys that like no one was really concerned with like forming any kind of like, you know, tough masculine role, Um, you know, especially like him. I don't know too much about like, Hindi like gender roles but like you know him also being a tailor and being comfortable like making dresses but like also like I liked his like flirtatious power to sort of be able to look at a woman's body and know <laughs> all of the exact measurements like I was like oh that's a that's a good pickup line I think this, um, that that's actually kind of rare but three guys on a bike that happens all the time with, oh, the, most macho, with the most macho guys possible like that'll happen they're they're fine with that but yeah he, he the, these three guys are pretty like uniquely sort of non-toxic mm-hmm. yeah and they were just always cuddling on the bike it seemed like like it was just <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. It, no you'll, you'll get that. macho guys doing that all the time like um non-ironically like that is very very common in <laughs> indie films but there oh, there is a softness to the masculinity yeah, yeah. in this film that i think is unique to this film and also unique to a lot of rajkumar rao films the lead yeah. actor he kind of he he does this thing where he plays with um with masculinity and with gender a lot and i think he's very successful at it and i think that's one of the reasons why this film works so well um but also why he is becoming you know a bigger and bigger deal in bollywood because people respond to him yeah and like i don't i forgot to ask the question about how much we talk about in terms of spoilers for films like i imagine we don't give away endings I would something? try not to give away the ending. If it's super important, we can put a spoiler warning and kind of mark it off. Yeah. I just mean, I think of like certain ways that like, you know, we were talking about just like um, 
how these men were kind of put in the place of like women. And we, I think we see that at several different moments in the film, especially like, you know, who becomes bait for the street and all those types of things. Like it's always, it's a man who has to become more vulnerable in some way. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I just, I appreciated what this film was trying to do. And I thought like everything and like, uh, it was interesting. My roommate made a comment at the very like beginning of the film, um, just the, the stylized version of, um, you know, like it starts like a typical horror film where we see the street, um, you know, take a, a victim. And she commented that like the cinematography was a little bit like a video game, like just the way that you were following it. Like it was almost like, you know, kind of the way that Halloween um, started the like from the perspective of um, mm-hmm. the monster or, or the cycle. Yeah. But then this one, like it just felt more stylized and I was kind of like really engaged by how it was shot at the beginning. I still felt like creeped out from the first moment. And, you know, like, I think it just, it, it played out really well, like where, you know, you felt like you could laugh and then like, there'd be like creepy moments. And, oh, I think one of my also favorite things, like one of the most important thing for me for a horror film is how much they don't give away the monster right away. Mm-hmm. And I appreciated that it took a really long time to actually see Stree because you were just creeped out by, you know, the sorry and like, hearing her and like you know like they really built that suspense by not kind of giving us the monster right away mm-hmm. and so when you see her you're creeped out so the the first time i saw this film i had very low expectations because like it had just come out and in general i i don't like a lot of bollywood horror films though i do think they're they are getting better yeah and I I was so taken with this movie from from the very beginning, partly partly because I think it just has such a killer cast and Shraddha Kapoor, which uh, I'm, sure we, Kapoor to, yeah, I'm sure yeah. we will get to. Uh, we are not big fans of her of hers, though. I think this is maybe the best she's ever been. Well, you were saying that look at all the leading men she's been saddled with for most of her movies. Yeah. And. Once she gets someone who's actually pretty good and kind of like soulful, hey, it actually works. Yeah, she's off, often playing opposite uh, actors who we also are not big fans of. <laughs> so, so I, I, I actually really, I actually really like her here. I think she works here. Yeah. Uh, so like it has such a great cast, and then as as it goes on, it reveals this whole uh, gender commentary, and yeah, the way that that men are told to kind of do all these things that we typically tell women to do in order to be safe. It, and by turning that on its head, it shows just how ridiculous that all is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, this idea that like, don't go out at night by yourself or travel in packs and ignore cat calling. And then, yeah, like as it goes on, the way that like men start to play the role that you usually see women play in horror movies, like the bait. I, I thought that was so, I thought it was really important and I thought it was really clever, but also like you were saying earlier, horror is often best when it has an element of social commentary. And so here, I think the film really marries that element of social commentary, the comedy, like Pankaj Tripathi is absolutely hilarious, as is Vijay Raz, and just kind of like the whole dynamic between all these men is, yeah. is it's both really like tender and heartwarming and sweet but it's also very funny and i i said to matt when we were watching it like part of why this movie works 
is because these are three guys I would actually want to hang out with. Yeah, they compared seem to uh, a film you haven't seen, Matthew, but Dil Chatahay, which is also like a hangout movie with three guys who are like, I wouldn't want to hang out with those guys. They're like, they're, they're horn dogs. Bags, yeah. yeah, like they're more typical kind of masculine, you know, like Bollywood heroes that we see. These guys, I actually like, I don't know, they just, they seem very sweet and I want, I would want to hang out with them. So I just, I think you, you know what you were saying, Matthew, horror works when you care about the characters. And I did care about these guys. Mm-hmm. Vijay Raz is the old guy who wrote the book about the town, and uh, you probably didn't get this, but when they were saying that he lives in emergency, that means that he's been holed up since the 70s in his house, because the emergency was this period in in Indian history when, like, the government essentially had to impose martial law, and it was just crazy. So that guy's been in his house (laughs) for 40 years, almost 50 years. So, like, that's the joke with that guy. That's I think the film also really nails those horror elements. Like, yeah, I, I think, like you said, they build suspense really well. You don't see for the, the street for a long time. And the, the plot, I think, isn't that predictable. Like, I mean, it's still kind of, you know, a, a basic horror film. So I think you can kind of figure out some of the, the beats, but like, we don't really know what's up with Shraddha Kapoor. And even at the end of the film, we don't really know what's up with Shraddha Kapoor. Yeah, she's very mysterious. <laughs> Which I think, you know, I'm excited to see what the sequel will hold. But I do think that, like, Koshik understands how to build suspense, which is one of those things that you can't undervalue in a horror director because so many directors don't know how to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like, there was just interesting, like, gender stuff. Because, like, I mean, on top of, like, you know, traveling in packs and not going alone... Like, you know, like the the men were then also, you know, told what to wear. Like they had to dress like women. And like it was interesting to also to just see like men as they worried more, like how much more comfortable they came, became like dressing like women to kind of keep themselves safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I also really appreciated the moment when because um, everyone I can't remember if we mentioned this in the plot, but like everyone writes the phrase like street come tomorrow on their house um, to like. Uh, scared away um, and there's one moment in the movie where uh, Vicky like pees on it and so like it like disappeared which I thought was like hilarious but also it's like he's being punished for peeing like a man because yeah. that's you know like it just kind of like here's another thing where it's just like only men stand up to pee and I thought it was I also like it was part of one of also those moments in a horror movie where you're like why did they do that like that's like it doesn't really make sense because yeah. it's like, why didn't, why did he have to go outside to pee? Like, it's a clear like setup thing, but just because like how funny that moment was, like I just was willing to accept it. Like any of the like weird um, plot flaws, I forgave immediately just because I was entertained by everything else that was going on. Did he erase tomorrow? That's what it was. It's like, oh, street come. I think so. Yeah. yeah like <laughs> she's like, oh, yeah. Don't mind if I do. Yeah. <laughs> and then he yeah. came right in and like. Yeah, and it had the um, typical, I, I it's a weird trope in horror movies where usually the people who are about to have sex or have sex are the first to die, um, which also happens in this. Because you have to punish people for their lust. Yeah, you know, it just, it's not, it's not allowed, even when they, you know, were so attractive. Gotta keep mm-hmm. it down. Also, how old was everyone in the movie? Good question. I, w- I was trying to figure out the ages, and I didn't know if it was, like, similar to 
a typical Hollywood film where all the actors are playing like 18 year olds, but they look 30 because I felt like they he was probably a young are. Boy. Yeah, they probably okay. are early 20s is what I'm guessing for Rajkumar Rao, Aparshakti Karana and Abhishek Banerjee. Pankaj Tripathi is probably in his 40s, that character, and Vijay Raz, I mean, he's probably pretty old. He's, he's been, been holed up since the emergency. He's been holed up since the emergency. Yeah. But uh, um, yeah, I would say that they're supposed to be in their early 20s. It's it's so hard It's to always know. a very limited space as yeah. to what age someone is. In Bollywood, you can have actors in their 50 playing characters in their 20s. So or even teens. It's, it's hard to know yeah. how old they're supposed to be. Like, I would say that they're probably all virgins. They all yeah. live with their parents, but that, that goes on a bit longer. So, yeah, they're not married yet. So that's probably the big thing. So, like, early 20s. Yeah, they're small town boys. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're, it's, you can't even blame it on going to school or something. Like, they ought to go get jobs because they're living in town. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but going back to the party scene where uh, Rajkumar Rao destroys the writing to uh, to keep the street away. Uh, I found that the film has a really kind of interesting relationship with sex work. Yeah. So there's a sex Being worker. Friendship. Yeah. Having yes. a friendship with someone. Friendship. Yeah. Uh, which is their code for relations. Yeah. Uh, so they have like a bachelor party where Nora Fatani dances in an item number. Uh, even though this film has quite a commentary on gender, we still have an item number where we get to ogle a woman. It's kind of yeah. standard in Bollywood movies. Uh, so there's a there's a sex worker who comes to the party, and because the street takes the guy away, she doesn't like things don't happen. But she's really insisted that she get paid. And Did so she, she say she was like halfway done? Yeah. <laughs> so she like shows up, up later on in the movie, like I need to get paid, and then. Later on in the movie, uh, kind of a, a, a character is revealed to have a connection with a sex worker. And he has to kind of, like, come to terms with that. Like, everyone. And I just, I found that really refreshing. Well, it's kind of like something that would happen in mythology, right? Like, yeah. a courtesan's son. That's the sort of thing yeah. you would hear about. You hear about in this legend that the three derives from and it, it makes sense it's it, you know, it's something that obviously happens all the time in in the modern day it's just not really touched upon in sort mm -hmm. of that mythic sense but i think often often in movies you know like especially horror movies sex workers are like looked down upon like you know again like any character who has sex ends up getting killed yeah um and here like these these men really have to like you know see them as people <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> funny how that is. Huh? Yeah, it's just yeah. I think again it's part of the the gender critique, but it was it was something I noted, just like a refreshing uh, kind of portrayal, and I think kind of awareness of you know this role that women have in society and not being judgmental about it. Yeah, it's a good movie. It yeah. is a good movie. I I really like this movie and this. We I had picked this uh, last year for you to watch as well, Matthew. So I'm really glad oh. we were finally able to show it to you. We should talk a, a bit more about the performances. Yeah. Um. Again, I think the the relationship and the chemistry between a lot of the cast here is one of the things that helps sell it the most, especially like 
the the friendship between Rao and Karana and Banerjee. Apashakti Karana is probably better known for having a brother who's a really big star or getting to be. But I always think that he's a really good like supporting player as well. Yeah. That's the guy with kind of the beard who doesn't get possessed, but also isn't Rajkumar Rao. Uh, he, he's also got kind of crazy clothes. He's good. He's probably the most sort of stereotypical of the three guys. But even then, like, he's got some stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What did everyone think of Shraddha Kapoor? I Matthew, kind of this said is it. your first Shraddha Kapoor joint. What did you think of her? <laughs> yeah, like, I, I'm surprised to hear you didn't like her. She's she's the, like, love interest, right? That's, yeah. 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 And, like, I... You know, she played a a mysterious character for me well. You know, I didn't raise any red flags. Um, I felt kind of the the flirty chemistry, um, especially, you know, with just, like, Vicky's usual, like, inability to talk around her. Um, Yeah, like, I don't... (laughs) Yeah, Vicky, please. Yeah, I... uh, We were saying that for, like, at least a week after. (laughs) Uh, My roommate and I. Um, Yeah, like, I... I thought she did a great job, fit like the weird character that she was playing. So yeah, I have I have no complaints about her, but you know, maybe I'll watch out if I see her in something else. I I I think this is her best performance, or at least that I've seen. It's my favorite. Other than maybe Hater, which is a Bollywood adaptation of Hamlet where she plays Ophelia, but Ophelia doesn't get much to do. Yeah. I- <laughs> For for reference, in other movies, she's played a character, like, whose only character trait is that she gets happy when it rains. (laughs) Literally, literally like the garbage song. Oh, my God. (laughs) Like, that that was her whole thing in a Bollywood remake of The Raid, basically. (laughs) She gets kidnapped by a gang and she has to get saved. But that's all we know about her is that she's only happy when it rains. I think she's really good here. Is it just, does she just need to be in better movies? Is this the problem? Hey, it might be. Or, again, like... Maybe who who's opposite her kind of makes a difference because again, like we often see her opposite Tiger Shroff and Aditya Roy Kapoor, and we don't really feel like either of them can act that well. We yeah. like Varun Dewan, but the ABCD films, anybody can dance. They're like the step up of Bollywood. Um, they're not character pieces. They're not. Yeah, they're not like <laughs> they don't have great acting, even when good actors are in them. Like. Varun Dewan, you don't watch it for the acting. It's just yeah. for the outrageous You don't dancing. care about the story. Yeah. So that brings us to Bulbul, which came out earlier this year on Netflix. Now, I don't know if it was supposed to have a theatrical release. Everything is going straight to streaming, although theaters just reopened in India, so I guess we'll maybe start to get some theatrical releases. But, but don't go. If you're in India right now, please don't go. I don't know if I recommend anyone going to a movie theater anywhere uh but the good news is bobble is on netflix uh a bobble is a kind of songbird interesting you think they would have brought that up over the course of the film uh yeah i guess i guess they they, might have they don't it. really i guess the the director slash writer there was like a bobble making a nest outside of her window so like the fever bird from a suitable uh, boy yes yes uh the writer slash director is anvita dutt uh, she was the dialogue writer on Queen and Pari, and also the writer of Falari, uh, which is a movie about poetry, Matthew. That's a movie you might like. Oh. 
Yeah. Uh, and and Pari and Falari were also both produced by Clean Slate Films, which is Anushka Sharma's uh, production company. And so I think this is the first Clean Slate film that, that we didn't love. The first one that, yeah, that we didn't really love, but also the first one that she hasn't starred in. That might um, be the problem. Maybe. Uh, she also produced, or Clean Slate Films also produced uh, Pat's a Look, but that was a, a series. Uh, so the film stars Tripti Dimri, Avnish Tawari. Uh, they were both previously in the Imtiaz Ali produced film Leila Manju. Which people which, really like, right? Yeah, we yeah. haven't seen that, but people, it did not come out in theaters here. It was it was a small release, but people seem to really like it. So I've, I've thought we should catch up with it. Uh, it also stars Pauli Dam, Rahul Bose in a uncomfortable double role. He's probably the most famous person in the movie. Yeah. The, the guy who the plays twins. brothers. Yeah. Uh, okay. uh, and Param Bhatra Chattopadhyay. Uh, it's set during the 1880s Bengal presidency. The film is in part based on the idea of uh, Chudail, which is a mythical woman-like creature from South Asia. According to some, a woman who dies in childbirth or suffers at the hand of her in-laws comes back as a vengeful Judeo. Do you know what would have been good? Had they mentioned that too? Like, <laughs> yeah, no, knowing that there was like that there was like a known monster, they could have brought that up. Yeah, well, and and also um, some like there are many variations on this legend, um, but some believe that uh, Chudale's feet are turned backwards. Like like witches. Uh, witches in Hindi movies, Matthew, they have backwards feet. Huh? Yeah, the first time we encountered this was in our first Hindi horror Halloween episode, Ekthi Dayan, There Once Was a Witch, uh, which is <laughs> memorable for a number of reasons. Bobo the <laughs> magician, right? One being <laughs> the least character's name was Bobo, the he was magician. a magician, and the other being that there was a disclaimer that came up on screen beforehand that warned us that the filmmakers do not believe that all women are witches. Yeah, that was nice. <laughs> and also, there was literally an elevator that went straight to hell. Like, I actually kind of like that movie. I, I, I like that movie as well. Um, it, it has its faults, but it's it's kind of fun. But there, the, the witches, their feet are turned around, and also their hair is magic. Yeah, uh, and so you kind of... for street. Yeah, you you and you see them mention the feet in Street as well. Yeah. Um, so, I want but, like every movie now to be brave enough to say at the start that they believe that not all women are witches. Like I think that, that should the, be just a that's constant. That's the second point. best disclaimer we've ever seen. What's the best one? I forget which movie it was. I haven't saved it on my phone, but it was. It, it just said thanks to the devil. <laughs> 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 really. Yeah, I will say. I don't remember what it was, but. Awesome. The horror <laughs> that might have been 1920. Actually. Maybe. Yeah. The horror Hindi horror movies do have the best like disclaimers and kind of things that come up on screen before the film starts. Uh, boot, which means ghost, uh, has a disclaimer that cautions that pregnant women should watch the movie. Yeah, that's oh. some straight up William Castle like, you know, you may spontaneously give birth because this is so scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do have a picture of the the filmmakers believe that not all women are witches. Well. And thanks to the devil. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so back to Bobble. Uh, Dutt was uh, inspired by the works of Rabindranath Tagore, who's a Bengali writer. Very, very uh, famous. Probably like one of the most well known. Yeah, I don't think he's 
come up on the show before. At some point, we might look at doing an episode there's about a, some of his work. Yeah, there's a Netflix show called Stories from Rabindranath Tagore. Like, yeah, he's he's one of the big giants of uh, um, Bengali literature. Yeah, Tasher Desh is adapted from his work. Satyajit Ray adapted his work, uh, and this film in particular has similarities with the novella Nastanir, which was adapted by Ray into Charolata. And for what it, it sounds like this is sort of like Tagore's own, like growing up too. Yeah, I guess he, from what I was reading on Wikipedia, we are not Tagore scholars. He is a very big deal. We might not even be saying his name right. <laughs> Listeners, let us know. Exactly. But from what I was reading on Wikipedia, he had a very close friendship with his older brother's child bride and also had a brother who was uh, mentally handicapped, who, like, uh, you know, his wife kind of abused him. So there are elements in this story and in, in this film that potentially reflect on Tagore's life as well. And I guess Tagore's uh, sister-in-law who married his, his older brother uh, was upset when he himself married and then they were separated. Hmm. Uh, so critics liked the film, though they complained about its length. They said it was too short. <laughs> the exact opposite of three. Okay, this is about okay. like 90 I, minutes. I think I agree. It is. I, yeah. honestly, I honestly think I think more things could be explained <laughs> and it could also try to develop the characters a bit more so I care about them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, critics also criticize the plot for being predictable, which Ooh, no way. I can't say I disagree with. Uh, and that plot uh, is as follows. <laughs> yes, is as follows. Uh, as we mentioned, it's set in the late 1800s, early 1900s in Bengal. It opens with a young girl, uh, Bubble, who is getting married off to a wealthy family. She's about like five years old. Uh, the film then kind of flashes forward in time where she's much older and much wiser. And the young boy, her brother-in-law, who she met as a child and kind of he and her would exchange scary stories about a Judeo. Yeah, they read, wrote a thing together in a book. Exactly. Right? They had like an ongoing story. Exactly. Uh, yes. So it flashes forward uh, to when they are much older. and. It, he, her brother-in-law, has kind of just returned from being away, and men, men in the village have been getting murdered, and notably, his brother has been murdered somehow. His brother's uh, widow thinks it was like a human being. Bulbul kind of insists, like, oh, no, it was an animal, and she laughs. And then the film flashes back to earlier when she's grown up but much more naive and also shoeless <laughs> yeah she never wears shoes I, I think the first scene is her little kid not having yeah shoes on either. there's a lot in the kind of we'll say present tense the the later time that we see with about her feet because there's a doctor who comes to check up on her but notably when we go to kind of the in-between timeline in the film i okay i make fun of people who can't follow the timelines in little women but i fully admit that kind of at first in this film i found the flashing back and forward a little confusing do you know what made it better though what literally all the stuff in the future is just lit like only god forgives yeah i i figured it out quickly but i did get a little confused anyways yeah. the film then flashes back and 
back and forth between the time before the brother left, uh, when all of the brothers were alive, to the time after he has returned and one of the brothers has gone away and the other one has been murdered. And it kind of becomes a bit of a detective story in that in that part of the film as the brother tries to, this is Abnish Tawari, tries to solve the mystery of why these men are getting murdered. Uh, would you believe it? There's something out in the woods, an animal, maybe a woman who is taking revenge on men who are cruel to women. Okay, that was kind of a convoluted plot description. The film is not, I think it's, it's not that convoluted. It's just, it's frustrating because it is so on the nose. predictable yeah. and so on the nose. It's a metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> Do you get it? <laughs> so we we hadn't seen this film beforehand, and I and I do think it made a good I I do think it makes a good pairing with Street. Uh, but Matthew, were you as taken with this one? No, definitely not. And <laughs> I found um, myself like slipping out of it a lot. Like I found like it just it was it was so slow moving, and like I was waiting for something to happen. I don't know if, like, either of you just felt like, you know, like, this isn't really going anywhere. And, like, it didn't actually even feel like a horror movie to me, other than the fact that there were men being murdered. But I only remember hearing about that, like, twice in the movie, Mm -hmm. you know, in the middle and at the end. And it just kind of felt like some sort of, like, historical romance that I wasn't as into so i was mad at you both for making me watch that and i was like yes yeah, do bad. i like, just keep sticking with it two and, out of three hindi movies you've ever seen were boring horror movies yeah and i like i appreciated you saying like they needed to explain more because i definitely felt that and i was kind of i was reading the wikipedia article as i was watching just hoping to like see where it was going or what was kind of going to happen and i found like information that I learned in there I was like how did they how did they know that because I don't think that ever appeared in the movie you know and it was just like even as like young kids they're writing that like ghost story together the Satya and I guess Booble is that am I saying that I like I, I think so Booble. I don't re- I don't know if I respect the movie enough to pronounce her name properly um but uh she yeah like it like it could have like given a little bit more information about what this spirit or creature was in the woods where the yeah it just it didn't give me enough of what i wanted but i wouldn't have wanted it longer because i wasn't enjoying the 90 minutes i had to watch yeah i mean it's got this three timelines thing because they occasionally go look at when she's a little kid too Mm -hmm. and i think it's trying to do like bram stoker's dracula or crimson peak one of these well, it's sort of, trying to be gothic. Yeah, one of these yeah. modern-day gothics that means everything is red. Um, <laughs> and it's a spooky house, and a young lawyer comes back to, or goes somewhere spooky to figure something out. But like you said, Matthew, I'm pretty sure the monster maybe knocks off three people, if that, if, yeah. if not just two. Like It's three. It's a pretty mediocre monster, all cards on the table. We know it's we 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 know the monster is. And I think that's like, one thing that just like sucks all the air out of this movie. No surprise whatsoever. Is, it's just it's so clear to us that she's the Chudale. Yeah. And so 
then the film kind of becomes about like, okay, well, how did she become the Judeo? And very straightforward series of events. Uh, yeah, and it's and that is uncomfortable to watch. Yeah, uh, that's the roughest part of the whole thing. It's the roughest part of the the whole thing. Um, which we don't want to spoil for people, but I think you know, I've saw people talking online that they would not watch this movie because they heard that that part was so horrifying. Which, yeah, I get that, but like. You're not really missing out on the rest of the movie. Yeah, we that, will say... That's also the most interesting thing that happens in the whole movie, even though it's horrifying. But, like, it doesn't even reach that... That's the climax of the whole thing. Yeah, we will say that it involves sexual violence for, you know, people who haven't seen the film but are considering whether or not they want to watch it. Uh, so, and it just, like, I just found this movie so unsatisfying. Again, because the central mystery is kind of non-existent and yeah. then you know what i will say it's not scary no <laughs> like no so it this just, one didn't even try yeah well i mean it tries like it's it's impressionistic right like it it really loves to use like a red filter on everything i think um bram stoker's dracula is probably not a bad comparison <laughs> uh we're watching that movie later this week so it's it's on my mind yeah so like it wants to it, it's really kind of showy, I think, in its cinematography, mm-hmm. and it looks great, but it's not well, really. It, it looks because it's on Netflix. It's dialed down <laughs> terribly, so it's much like when we're watching a suitable boy. Like you get this red filter, and it's dark, and people are moving around in a yeah. spooky mansion. A lot of the time, it's difficult to see what's happening. Yeah, but it's not like the stylistic flourishes in kind of in the in the cinematography and in the set design like because the frame is just like filled with you know stuff uh and it all like you know because of the time period it all looks so like lush and ornate but it's just not it's not in service of anything those crime scene photos that the doctor drew those were amazing like he must have sat down and drew that for about two hours just to get like this beautiful look at a dead guy. And I was much more interested in that than I was in the movie. Like, wow, he must have had a lot of time in the room with the dead guy. And goth- like gothic horror is like often focuses on kind of the space, uh, like the home, which is a safe place. And then the, the space outside of it. And the idea that like the outside world will come and disrupt your home. And that's why kind of like, Doors and windows are, you know, kind of feature predominantly in in gothic horror, and and so like I see where it's going because like we're mostly set in this manner and there's like this spooky woman out there maybe killing men or maybe it's an animal but it just I don't know it's so it's mediocre it is mediocre and I I wish I liked it more because the the themes you know discussing how women process trauma and the way that men treat women like i think those are important themes but it's just it's so predictable yeah and i usually i usually don't complain that i dislike a movie because it's predictable but like they could have there's so many aspects to this that they could have ramped up to make scarier yeah like okay so She's, uh, uh, I think Dutt is more interested in this kind of like gothic fairy tale element than she is in horror. That's what Guillermo del Toro does, right? And yes. he does it like 
so well. I don't know why she didn't crib more from him. Yeah. Well, like she should have done more Devil's Backbone and less Crimson Peak. Yeah. But like, okay, so one of the guys who gets killed is a um, coach driver who beats his wife. We don't see him beating his wife. So it's just like we hear that he beats his wife and then he gets killed. Like, oh, okay, I guess that they she should have done that. It's fine. And then we do see why the brother gets killed. Yes, that's awful. Mm-hmm. But like, and we see a where lot the man this, in the bathtub gets killed. Yeah, and we get a brief glimpse as to what he was up to. And yeah, he probably should have died. That's bad. But like, I think a lot of the interest in a movie like this, where a avenging angel is going out and murdering men for being bad, is actually finding out what they did. And then like, there's a there's sort of a visceral hatred of them that you get which a two-second shot of a guy in a bathtub or hearing that someone beat his wife, like, it doesn't do anything. You actually have to see them do something bad before you realize, oh, it's good that they were killed. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're just hearing about it. I felt like they thought it was, like, a part of the mystery of the film was, like, oh, why were these men killed? Like, why would you ever kill a man? Men are great. And then at the end, it was, like, oh, here are all the reasons they actually died. And it was, like, okay, I guess now I'm happy. Like, it was just... It felt like they thought, like, if they told you that bad men were getting murdered, you would have, it would have spoiled what the demon did or something. Like, it, 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 it felt like all of the things at the end, like, you know, when they do the, um, what's, like, the montage of, like, here were <laughs> like all the, be- like, lines that you should have paid more attention to. Or the like, end of Animal House, when it's like, yeah. Pluto went on to become a state representative. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and it just felt like they thought they were withholding information in a clever way, but they were not. They just made the film boring and less she should have murdered more men yeah and also that too like i would love to watch a film where like i mean i love watching i think there's a couple of examples but like where women just go around killing bad men like that's great but if i don't know the men are bad then i'm like i don't know what's going on why mm-hmm. if all you're doing is murdering bad people then it's like i guess this is fine i don't see a problem with her murdering this uh, rapist okay but like there's no horror there because justice is essentially getting served a little bit rougher than most people would want but there's you can't you can't point any flaws in her logic <laughs> she well, I mean, there's no problem with the murders the reason that rape revenge films work and this is what gaspar noe twisted on its head in irreversible is that you see the violence against women which then justifies the violence that you see against exactly Ms. men and you and you feel a sense of catharsis here again yeah because we don't really understand why these men deserve to die because they bury or they, they because they try to build this mystery out of like how she became the Trudale or if she is even the Trudale it just feels like yeah our sense of catharsis is totally misplaced and so it just kind of feels numbing and and like matthew said boring do we even see uh rahul Bose, the uh the the twin with the mental problem do we even see him get killed or do we just see the aftermath we like it sort of see it yeah because the moment where she's biting him i believe yeah yeah but even that simple base pleasure of like seeing a rapist get killed you don't even get that yeah you get I, to see the rape for 10 minutes but you don't get to see the aftermath well you you don't get to see the part that is supposed to be the revenge do you know what i think maybe this film's problem is is i think it's trying too hard to be like too elevated for no it's it's too like we all agree with this yeah like it's like 
this is a feminist fairy tale about a monster who kills men, but it doesn't go through the, uh, it doesn't tell you, like, why they're bad. I think and it, you don't even get the catharsis of seeing them get killed. Yeah, I think it's trying too hard to be this this thing that we were talking about earlier, this elevated horror, this kind of thinking person's horror. And in, so instead it... But you have to think for three seconds about it, then you figure yeah. it out. So it never wants to, like, get dirty with the genre tropes. And so it just is kind of unsatisfying. But Street gets around that by, like, they're not getting ripped up. They're not getting bitten. You just see a bunch of clothes fall down. And yeah, because... It works. Three understands how to build suspense. Exactly, and you don't necessarily need to have a bunch I'm, of violence. I'm not, yeah, I'm no, not, a street did it right. Yeah, but I'm not saying that Bubble needed to like show us a lot of violence because it does show us some pretty uncomfortable violence at it does. a certain point of the film. I'm saying that it like it doesn't want to use um, the conventions of horror filmmaking because it has more high-minded well, exactly. ideas, and so as a result. It just doesn't work. This could be like a murder mystery or something where she's poisoning people and it would be for the same reason. But this isn't like the the horror is completely um, incidental to the whole thing. Yeah. And like I felt like the message of the film was just something that was so basic that we've seen in all of these films, like any kind of like quote unquote feminist film. Like just this idea too. Like because there was a few like I I thought um, the some the symbolism of the feet um, kind of played well into like the, the metaphor of just like how much she didn't have control over her life. Cause I think there's like that one moment early on in the film where like the mother presses on the nerve in her hand. And it's just like, this is how you like control a woman, I believe is. Yeah. That's, that's, why you, that's why you wear rings. Cause yeah, the, then you don't run away. Yeah. The toe yeah. Ring on her. So you don't yeah. run away. And then like, also then like with her own, you know, feet. And then it's like interesting that you said earlier too, that this is actually a, a common thing about witches is that their feet are broken and backwards that like this got turned on its head to become this thing of like, oh, okay, this is, she can't flee or, or run away. And like, I think that's the only intelligent thing that I appreciate about the film. I also like, I was really bothered and I found it like very problematic. Like Matt talked about it. So I feel like this isn't as much of a spoiler, but the way that they use the character with a mental disability and mm-hmm. how much, he wasn't actually even in the film. He just had this one job in the film to like kind of produce this thing. And I think that's just like an inappropriate way to use characters with disabilities to make yeah. them into like, like to not flesh them out in any way. And then just to make them a villain. It's like in a, of mice and men, you just have Lanny, you know, just murdering rabbits and then just leaves for the rest of the book. Like, Oh, I guess that was bad. Huh? Yeah. And so like, I, when that happened and I was like, oh, this is what they're going to do to him. Like, and this is how they're going to use this character. I was just kind of like, what's, what's the point, you know, like that, I think that kind of like also infuriated me about the movie and made me sort of like hate it that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like where I was just like, okay, whatever you're trying to say about women is completely like, uh, like doesn't matter because this is how you used a person with a disability in the film. Like, I think it kind of, I like would just, push this under the rug for me yeah when i, I said when, a... I, when i said it was too feminist what i meant was it was kind of like it was treating it as yes we all know that she's correct we're not even going to do the work to make it into a movie it's just like here is a completed equation you like this because it's feminist right like yeah it's it's not even trying to you know make an argument as to why it should be mm-hmm. 
but I think Matthew makes a really good point of that, you know, like it, it might be trying to discuss these feminist issues, but it, it seems completely blind to its problematic aspects in, in how it treats a disabled character. Mm -hmm. And, and so as a result, kind of just leaves a really, a really bad taste in your mouth. Yeah. Yeah. All right, it's well, kind of a mediocre movie all around. Like, yeah. they just did, they tried too hard on making it look a certain way, but they didn't go back and think about the script enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I and I was I was surprised because everything else Anushka Sharma has produced, I thought, has been good to excellent. This is also just a worse version of Pari, which is mm -hmm. another, it's the other movie that to Clean Slate Films put out, which is about a man who meets a woman who was chained up in the woods as an animal her whole life. And he brings her back to his house and tries to kind of rehumanize her. But then some weird mystical stuff starts happening. Cults. Yeah. There's cults and, you know, <laughs> demon worship and stuff. And like that movie on the one hand has more nuanced characters, even though one is like basically like a dog lady. <laughs> and then on the other hand, it goes for it. Like it goes for it. The, someone attacks a cult member with a chainsaw. Like, it, it tried hard in both the, the grimy and the, like, character aspects. Whereas this, again, it thinks slapping a red filter on a spooky house kind of mm -hmm. covers the fact that you didn't write a story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was surprised because I'd heard really good things about this. And, yeah, Matt and I were also bored. So yeah. I'm glad okay. I'm glad we're kind of all on the same page about it. I, I'm i sorry that, uh, that we made you watch it, Matthew. Sorry, though. <laughs> Check that I'll, one out. I'll forgive you. But I was, like... I was surprised, like, I felt like there was something that was missing or it was going to get better. Um, yeah, like, so even, I... it has a high IMDb rating. Like, most horror films don't really go above, like, six on, like, any kind of critical rating scale when I still, like, enjoy that movie. And this one had, like, a 7.5. Mm -hmm. Probably not very many ratings, though. Maybe that's what it was. But, I mean, it's still on Netflix. And, you know, I, it took me a while to realize that it wasn't, it was, like, an English dub. Like before I switched it off because like I don't like oh. to dubbing because it was yeah. you okay we oh I didn't realize you accidentally did that well it was, it's weird because like Stree didn't like play the dub right away like it played it you know yeah. and um and then I was just sort of like their mouths seem off this was not originally in English <laughs> um and so then yeah. I switched it out because it was also really annoying just like I hate yeah I hate dubbing it's so. I wonder if Netflix originals do that, because this would be a Netflix original. Oh, uh, good point. Yeah. And, and also, like, our, our Netflix is probably 75% Hindi films, so it recommends us Hindi stuff all the time. <laughs> so the fact that this is your third one ever watched, well, second one ever watched on Netflix. No, third one. Street's on Netflix, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So it might not realize yet that you want the subs. Famously, Paul Schrader tries to watch Sacred Games, which is a, a Netflix series uh that's very good uh and he went on twitter or facebook i don't think it's he facebook. has twitter he, he, goes on facebook. he went on facebook and complained uh and it turned out that he had been watching it dubbed into english and like didn't oh. realize that he was like that that's what he was doing and that he should switch it over into hindi with subtitles yeah so oh you're God. you're in good company matthew and also you figured it out paul schrader did yeah, not schrader didn't figure it out i think i think <laughs> something about this is people love that layla Majnu movie so much that they just like those two actors yeah i guess the last thing we should discuss here is the performances there they were, were performances i wish <laughs> avinash, avinash tawari was 
fine as the Jonathan Harker type guy. I like Tripti Dimri as, you know, confident uh, Bulbul in the future because she's smoking cigarettes and being cool. Yeah, and and I think, like, she does a good job of of portraying, like, the naive version and then the kind of, like, strong version. I thought she was fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Rahobos, again, the most famous guy in the movie. Um, I mean... His one character, he goes way too far, and then the other one, he probably doesn't go far enough. Yeah, and, you know, the other big Rahul Bose uh, performance I have in my head is Dilda Dakanedro. Uh, where oh, he yeah, plays, he's an asshole in that movie. Yeah, too. Priyanka Chopra's husband, who, like, doesn't want to let her, oh, no, like, thinks he's great because he lets her work. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I let my wife go to work. Don't you think that's uh, progressive of me? And Farron Akhtar has to give him a lecture about feminism. So I just like, I don't dislike Rahul Bose at all, but uh, he he just, I feel like, is frequently playing an asshole. He's like the guy who played Shooter McGavin in uh, Happy Gilmore. That's the sort of roles he's given. It's just like, oh, look at this dickhead. Yeah, yeah. Anything about the performances, Matthew? I would just say that they were all in a movie and they gave performances. I like, I wouldn't fault any of the actors on it because it just yeah. felt like there wasn't really characters for them to play. And yeah. yeah. And I would just also be like, just once again, just a little bit grossed out by the, yeah, the, the brother character with the disability and just how that was also played because there was, there was nothing really there other than like it took me even a while to realize what they were trying to say was like wrong with him. Like especially when you first saw him and he was just sort of he he like enters her bedroom and just calls her like Dolly. Yeah. And, yeah. And like it was just sort of like, what are you suggesting? And then it's not to like, you know, it's one of those things that they explain much later in the film to say that he has a disability. And yeah, so like that performance was like a, a raspberry for me. That's fair. All right, well. So I think we can say we highly recommend Street. Yeah, don't watch Bulbul. Yeah. Oh, Street, definitely. Bulbul's not worth it. I don't know. It's not even bad enough in a way that it's like so bad that like Creature 3D or something. Where it's <laughs> Creature just, 3D is so much so, fun. Where it's so stupid and you're like, okay. I can the get monster, when he roars, he says the word roar. Yeah, he says roar. Oh my God. It's awesome. So good. I this I I don't like calling things pretentious, but I do think that Bulba was pretentious in that they thought they could make a horror movie by just having a cool location and filters, but not actually having horror apart from a protracted rape, rape sequence, which is horrible. Yeah. But yeah. is not, you know, that's the beginning of the story. You need to actually culminate in horror happening. Yeah, I think the jumping around in in times doesn't like the the jumping around in the timeline didn't work for me oh yeah you want to eliminate tension just flash back to when things were going fine yeah and then not, <laughs> like not end on a note or something that where you pick it up in the future again like yeah yeah bollywood loves a flashback and i think often they know how to use it but it didn't work here all right matthew thank you so much for coming on this episode we're so glad that you were finally able to clear some time in your schedule and that you liked one of the movies yeah and that yeah. you liked the, the film that i've been saving to show you so much uh where can people find you on um, the internet on the internet well if they want to follow me on twitter i'm at m stepanic um and i'm like m stepani on instagram if people want to see pictures of my dogs that's mostly all I put in my stories now. 
Um, and yeah, like if they want to learn more about my bookshop, that's at Glass Bookshop on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and all those spaces. But um, yeah, I guess thank you also both of you to having me on. And like, I love Stree, and my roommate loves Stree, so we're just we're very grateful that you know you put that beautiful movie in our lives. Good. Yeah, I knew you would like it. That's great to hear. Everyone likes it. <laughs> yeah. We will be back in two weeks, and whoa, I'm so excited about what we'll be, be discussing. Oh boy, I think this is going to be one of the more brutal episodes I've been subjected to, because of what, from what I've heard of one movie, oh my god. Okay, so we are doing time travel romance pictures. Time travel romance, yes! Love Story 2050 is yeah. finally on Amazon Prime, so we're finally going to see Priyanka Chopra, like, sing on top of a like a moving platform in a futuristic city wearing ridiculous clothing and there's apparently some sort of robot teddy bear yeah i don't the know movie i've seen this compared to <laughs> is andy kaufman in heartbeats which is just a forgotten future movie where he plays a horrifying looking robot and yeah i don't know this is gonna this is gonna hurt uh, uh we're also gonna be looking at barbar deco and action replay provided <sighs> that all three movies uh, don't disappear from any streaming services. Action Replay, a movie that famously, I mean, I try to watch every movie I've seen. I don't give up halfway through. I maybe got through 10 minutes of Action Replay. That was a brutal movie. It is the Bollywood remake of Back to the Future. Um, With Akshay Kumar and Ashwarya Rai. Yeah. And also Aditya Roy Kapoor. Aditya Roy Kapoor in his debut, I think. Or maybe yeah. it was Gujarish. Yeah. But uh, yeah, can't say I'm looking forward to this one, actually. <laughs> I think this is going to be fun. Okay. Well, I'm glad you think so. Uh, so that will be in two weeks. In the meantime, Matt, how can people keep up with the show? Well, you can find us on Twitter at Bollywood Pod. I'm there too at Matt underscore B-O-W-E-S. I'm at Erin E. Fraser, E-R-N-E, F-R-A-S-E-R. Uh, we would really appreciate an Apple Podcasts review. That's uh, five stars, if you please. Uh, if you want to get some Biffle points, that's the way to do it. You uh, leave a review there, and uh, oftentimes we'll take your programming suggestions there, too. Uh, you can also listen to my other show that oh. I do with... Oh, there's Bob. Bob's in the back. <laughs> yeah, Bob, the cat is getting fed. <laughs> so he's like, I want to be a part of that. <laughs> uh, you can listen to my other show that I do with Paul Matwichuk called Trash Art and Movies. For our Halloween episode this year, we are discussing takes on Dracula. So we're going to be looking at Bram Stoker's Dracula, the Francis Ford Coppola film, and the Hammer Horror Dracula with Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing. And you just watched Altered States, which is a pretty interesting movie. Yeah, we, we also just finished up an episode on uh, Patty Chayefsky, and we watched Marty and Altered States. So if you want to hear me give more convoluted uh, plot descriptions, <laughs> please go Did he make check. you describe the plot of Altered States? Yes. <laughs> I, am, I, I am the worst at describing plots of movies. I don't know why I do it on two podcasts. Uh, <laughs> anyway, if that sounds enticing, yeah. um, check out both of our shows. And uh, again, thank you so much, Matthew. And happy yeah. Halloween, everyone. Yeah. yeah. Thanks and happy Halloween.